Welcome to Collective Awareness, where questions lead us on a journey of self-discovery and growth. Our mission? Ignite open conversations about taboo topics, shed light on mental health, and confront life's challenges fearlessly. This podcast emerged from the thirst to explore everything under the sun and question anything and everything around us. Here, we unravel unanswered questions and demolish stigmas that surround them, with some special guests that they may know a lot or not as much about the topics that we want to talk with you. Our podcast aims to empower you by embracing the uncomfortable and unearthing life's vital aspects. Join us as we share experiences, celebrate diversity, and live your mind in awe. Or awe? I'm Xavier, and with my co-hosts Samuel and Mick, we welcome everyone to explore the wonders of knowledge and curiosity. Hey friends, so I just want to apologize in advance for the audio on this episode. It made sound like me and Samuel were a little bit sick, but we were not. We were super healthy and happy. We were just experiencing with these new microphones we got, and we didn't realize the audio was really low and kind of uh, with echo until we start producing the episode. And then we decided the content was so beautiful and it was from our hearts that we just want to keep it the way it was. So I hope you have patience with us and you enjoy uh, this episode as much as we enjoy recording it for you. Hey, friends. Welcome to Mbaidi Pao by Collective Awareness. Today, we're excited to have our guest speaker, Samuel Lien, which is a really dear friend of mine. As we explore why it's important to understand the nature of past experiences and how to shape those experiences into something beautiful, to bring the highest value into our present. In this episode, we'll be exploring the significance of past experiences and how they shape our present and future. Our insightful conversation will touch upon distinguishing between our past and present selves, understanding the impact of emotionally charged memories and how they influence our lives. But that's not all. We'll also cover the transformative power of rewriting the past by telling the new story which I really love, and I think Samuel really knows, really, uh, really knows well how to do this. And also basic forgiveness for ourselves and others and laying the foundation of a new narrative. I am really excited to help me, everyone, welcome and give you a warm welcome to Samuel, which is also our first guest speaker in this podcast, and I'm so excited that I couldn't chose anyone better to co-host with me this first podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so I'll let you introduce yourself to everyone here. Yeah, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name's Samuel. I am a young professional and I, I, I think I live a pretty interesting life. Uh, a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, I gave up my, um, my possessions almost and I started traveling around the world. And so for the last two and a half years, I've spent very little time in my home country and I've just been exploring as a, a digital nomad. I work for a really amazing tech organization. We help nonprofits in the fundraising world. Uh, and I manage a team there. I've been there for eight years. And yeah, I'm just trying to live my best life, have all the experiences I can and enjoy myself. And you know, now that I thank you so much for that, and, and right now that we're talking about this, it just came to my mind the first time that we actually met. So we met uh, for our audience week brief. Uh, we met a couple of years ago. We actually kind of made it a date, but at the end, we ended up by the as friends. But the really beautiful thing of this is like we were just both ending up some relationships. Mm. So I remember we went to this beautiful long walk and I was just like so anxious in that moment in my life. We built this beautiful walk 
And then we just started talking about all this, actually. And that's what, like, I was always thinking I wanted someone that that I could talk about spirituality or I could talk about anything, actually, anything, the same thing that I'm trying to do here. Uh, so we, we had this beautiful talk and we talk about manifestation. You, you opened to me, I was your pastorist as well, yeah. which I'm really grateful for. And I think what someone in your life is able to be that vulnerable and, and open up this, you should be really grateful too, which I'm grateful. Uh, I did it too. Yeah. I could take someone, you know, it's not something I share so often. So it's like, it really talks a lot about the space that you created as well. So yeah. And, and, and I don't know. I just, I, when I, when I, when I thought about, uh, our past experiences together as well, it just came up to like, you travel around the world about was you always ended up coming back or like be kind of, you know, like kind of like really close of beautiful moments in my life. And mm. uh, it was what after that, my circle breakup, he was just, he just came back and I was waking up again and then he left and then he come back when my breakup finished. But now I'm in this type part of my life where I'm feeling really excited and just working with myself and building this. And that's why I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, yeah, this is also, it's neat that I came back for this part of your life too, because it's so transformative. So it's been neat to watch this dynamic as well. Yeah. yeah and have, thank you. So I'm talking about uh, past experiences. Why I, I know, and you can explain a little bit about how we, how do we connect the word as we choose a topic, but why did you, why, why do you think this topic was important for, for, for you and for the audience? Yeah, well, you know, what's interesting was I chose three topics. I like gave a little write-up about three about. <laughs> and so for me, this was the one that would touch on certain emotions the most. <laughs> so I would say this is probably the hardest one. It's the one that you chose because you chose this one of Wayne Drake. Sorry, no, sorry. No, I think it's going to make for good content. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. But yeah, you know, um, every thought that we think and, and everything that we think about our life is based off of our past experiences. As we go through life, the expectations that we have, the encouragement that we get, all of that's based off our past experiences. And so a lot of the times, um, these thoughts that we've just programmed or we've had programmed in our mind are consistently running, whether we're aware of them or not. And at the end of the day, your thoughts are really what create your emotion. And so it's fascinating in a way because all of these, you know, bits of pieces, these major events in our lives have programmed us and have us thinking these thoughts, have us feeling these emotions. And then when we feel these emotions that really dictates how we interact with the world, how we see the world, you know, when something happens, how it makes us feel and how we react. If we take action, we're, we're less likely to take action and change in our lives in positive ways. And so to me, it's a huge can of worms to get into, but it's a really beautiful thing because I think that our past experiences are what propel us forward or hold us back. And so I think it's a, a very important topic to talk about. And uh, also the way we, which is topics and collective orders, every time we write someone, we ask them to give three topics. And then according to the audience or like what we feel for this issue is going to be better, we picked it up. So I, I didn't do it on purpose, actually. So when, when, when it comes to picking that topic, I just, I just thought past experiences is something I really wanted to share with everyone here in the audience, just because it's something I personally also be working with a lot, but especially from the past six months. And it's also really deep and dark place. And it doesn't really always need to be dark. So it can always be a beautiful place to live, depending on the way you grew up and your past experiences, traumas or traumas of people you, you were related to, as you mentioned before. But once you are able and once you have the courage to dig there, they just be able to recognize all of that stuff you went through and all of your grief, which I think is part of your past experiences, you're able to 
realize well, that, and kind of understand the way you're, you're working and you're acting today, right? It can be based into your relationships. It can be based to your, like, your professional life, your finances, you know, and I'll give you some examples of this. Um, I was mentioning you as well that uh, I'm, I'm my therapist right now, she has this really beautiful theory where, where like she talks about, she uses that which is a referral post. So she says like a person that learns and grows up learning Japanese and talking Japanese, then you, sh you send that person to Germany and they need to talk German. It's a huge challenge and they're scared. Of course, like they're used to their, there's like they're used to their Japanese, right? So being able to shift that language, which is your experiences of the way you act to a German, which is in this case a new way that you want to act or the new habits you want to achieve or the new, I don't know, uh, objectives or things you want to hold through your life. It takes time to take steps, right? So that's what we kind of like talking about uh, this today. Yeah, and you know, I really love the example of language because um, we're talking language as in different languages, but you could also talk language as in, uh, you know, a very fearful or hateful language versus a very loving language. So just like it would be difficult for someone to move from Japan, never speaking German, into Germany to try to learn the language, um, somebody that grew up in a family that was full of abuse and full of hate, there's a lot of effort that that person has to put forward in order to speak the language of love has tremendous rewards, but there, it's not the programming, right? It would be easier just to stay sometimes in the comfort zone of speaking your own language and not having to put yourself out there. You, you, you really learning a language, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be okay with making mistakes in front of strangers and okay with their reactions, right? So there's a lot of vulnerability in that. Um, and the same is true with love. You know, if you grew up in a family where there was not a lot of love, but now that's something that you want to work into. Uh, it's a language that you have to learn and it's not the default. And so it puts pressure on you. You have to put yourself in a vulnerable place and that's not always comfortable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also being able to feel whatever you need to feel, because uh, again, like as you mentioned, it could be such a beautiful place or it could be like not as beautiful place. In my case, I, I didn't have like a really easy, like, you know, uh, childhood where like red parents were divorced. I got like my grandfather was kidnapped right after like like driving me to school. He got kidnapped to kill, you know, and then he's like my mom never had like the healthiest relationships. And then my dad also was like not the the healthiest relationships. And then when you put it in perspective right now, my past relationships and that was scared me. Like I'm like, oh shit, like they're really similar to the way my mom like, you know, they say this like your relationships are just uh, 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 are like a, are like a projection of your or, or your mother or your father's relationships, right? So now when you start noticing, oh, I have all these unhealthy patterns. I don't know, like when when, when you're in a relationship or like even on my finances, like how oh, I, I spend so much money and I don't have control of it. I mean, I'm like a like proper finances. When you start dating back to your past experience, like oh, this or oh this or oh this, you know and and more than that, like in my case, I feel when I started in deep, there was so much pain and I put it through and I'm, I'm responsible for this. And that's the beauty, the beauty of going to therapy, which is recommended to everybody, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I was, I was, I always compare like my last relationship when we broke up, like there was already an elephant in the room and with, with him, I never wanted to see that elephant in the room, which was like all of my past. 
and they left and it was just like just took out the like you know the cover of that elephant and it just like the elephant was there but i didn't want to go and touch it or like see for i was i was i, I didn't want to see it or feel it because it was huge and but I, I can tell everyone would you actually allow yourself to pass through it and it's harder than it actually looks or like it actually that i can tell you it's you find so much peace and freedom when you start like healing and healing things from like not even on you it's things that are you haven't like people in your family haven't even healed yet i did they're, they're collectively their healings i think which is going to be another topic and i think too um one of the best ways i've ever heard to explain was that your brain creates these templates right so as you're growing up if you have these experiences with your family your brain creates a template on this is what a relationship is and so anytime a relationship comes where it's a partner or even a friend your brain has a template on what a relationship should look like. And so it targets people that look like that because to your brain, that means family, which isn't always healthy. And so one of the things that I'm really big on is forgiveness and self-love. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that when your brain templates stuff like that, it was out of a safety mechanism. You know, it's like it's templating and it's creating strategies on how to deal with, let's say, an abusive mother or an abusive father. So it's creating those strategies which is fantastic. It served you at one point. That's what is really important to acknowledge. This might've served you at one point, this template, but when you carry that template into your different relationships, or when you look for relationships that fit that template, not consciously, um, that's where we run into problems. And that's where we want to really be able to evaluate what templates we've created and what ones may be more useful, right? What do we, what can we think? You know, thank you so much. You served me until I was 18 and I moved out of the house. But brain, did you know that I'm 30 now and this template no longer serves me? And now I'm looking for relationships that aren't meant for me, right? Or that don't support me. Then it's time for me to retire this template that served me for a while. So thank you. But you know, I mean, yeah. And, the, and those are, um, there, there can be also a reflection of, of, of what's, do you know, they call it like childhood woods yeah. or like the way what I think I, that, I think that we are, I think that it's important for us to find similar wounds. Because I think that's what he heals. Like what you said earlier was that elephant in the room. All of a sudden you got to deal with this emotion. But when you go into that emotion, emotions are way more effective than words. You know, if we could just transfer emotions, we'd have no war. You would know what I'm feeling. I would know what you're feeling. There's no argument here. It both feels awful. So we find our equilibrium, right? But emotions are so much more important to experience than words. And so what you could just even sit with those negative emotions, you're translating it and you're leveling it up ideally. Um, so sometimes you do attract someone that will heal that childhood mood, like you were saying, and it's really important at that moment to sit with it. Because if you just cover that elephant back up, there's no lesson learned. You're still carrying that baggage and you're going to find it somewhere else. Maybe worse, maybe better. You know, you might as well deal with it yeah, and how many people out there like think about it because it's it's so easy. Like this, this is one of the things in life that is so easy to talk about or so easy to see. But when you put it in practice, it takes a lot of courage because oh yeah, it is. It's I, the hardest thing that you can do is experience bad emotion. But that's all it is. Whatever your fear is, you what you're afraid of is the emotion that will make you feel. So emotions are not easy. It's it's I'm not yeah exactly. It's not a light subject. It's the most heavy subject in the world. It's the only subject that matters. And listening to your body too, because this is what I love. My therapist, Jennifer, recently, I love you. Uh, like I'm just talking about it, and she, she just like started asking me questions to go a little bit deeper. 
But then I notice when it's when it gets too deep, or when I when I when I cry a little bit, or whatever, he something, I just start yawning. And I she just like she says like, hey, I think it's enough for today. Even if I if I feel energized, that's the way we don't really to our bodies, right? You know that, yeah. Even the slightest sign, because you will say like, I yeah, I want to go deep, but I'm just gonna cry, and I was gonna cry, cry, cry. No, it can be it can be it can come fixed through like just yawning, through like a headache. Like you're suddenly not feeling like eating, it could be expressed towards probably not being able to sleep. So it can trigger, he could treat everyone different ways. Yeah, I, I noticed for me, one of the big indicators and in how I'm feeling is my breathing. So sometimes, like in high stress situations, I'm a very shallow breather. <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, but calmly, like very, like da da da. da. <laughs> but when I'm very calm or when I like go through something where I'm like, okay, I get why this is important then i'm a very deep breather which is the more natural state so yeah your body does tell a lot right your body keeps an idea of what you're what you mount or what's affecting you now so coming through the through the sake of it a little bit would you kind of help our audience to understand what's uh what's what's past experience like from the general side and have you have any experiences yet that you first like perceive as negative but then managed to turn it into positive yeah so um so past experiences really just everything that you've created so far any emotion you've experienced any thought that you've experienced up until this point all you really have is the now and so when you think about your past experiences in the now it's if it creates emotions you're reliving those emotions now and so if it creates really negative emotions if there's something that's triggering consistently that's something that is always really beneficial to dive into and deeper um, and then the second part of the question is, you know, something in my past experience. So, um, I had a beautiful childhood when I look at it from this perspective, but I used to be really angry at my childhood and I didn't think that it was the best upbringing, um, where there was a huge disconnect, uh, with the, my parents, my mom and my father, they, they worked together when I was young. And, um, I think that like many people could probably relate, I was born to two very emotionally immature parents. Um, that I think uh, in many ways still have a lot of hate for each other and in many ways have vocalized that hate and that obviously brings thoughts in me, especially as a child, you know, like that's the data that I'm getting about my two parents. Um, and in many ways left me untrusting of both parents. Um, and so when I was 12 years old, I made the conscious decision that I no longer wanted to have any, um, Connection with my father's side of the family, who I previously saw me clean. Uh, so it was my decision. I cut the mill and I connected them 10 years after. I was about 22. I reached out to them. And the idea was, you know, I mean, my what 12 on and so it was just a mess. <laughs> so, anyways, it's very funny to think about my life. It really feels like I've lived two lifetimes. I live such a privileged life right now. But when I was young, there was so much that happened. Um, and I really have a lot of compassion for the 12 year old me for making these decisions that I think were really wise for me to make at 12 and obviously very hard. And, um, you know, for a long time, I was very, very angry at my entire situation. I had a lot of it issues in my early teens um, and leading up to my teens. Um, yeah, I just ate it tight. And it was not a good time for me at all. And, um, you know, looking back, it is something that I'm so grateful for. I'm so grateful for every experience that I had. Um, at the end of the day, I think that I'm a teacher 
I think that that's why I'm here. I think that that's what gives me the most fulfillment in life. And I think that like many teachers, we teach by experience and we don't want to level up someone's life in terms of the emotions they feel in terms of the pains that they've suffered. It is so beneficial to have those experiences on your own. And so if I could choose to relive my life and choose anything different, I wouldn't choose anything at all. And I really am so grateful for all of the experiences that I felt. I feel like if I had a choice to choose my life before I came into it, um, I would have chosen the exact same thing. But if you asked five-year-old me or 12-year-old me, it would have been a completely different story. I hated my life. And, it, and there was a lot of trauma that happened, a lot of abuse. Of course. I mean, oh, is this something he I told us? So first of all, thank you for sharing and thank you for being uh, with me and with the audience as well. Um, I, I think it's... It's, I, I personally have a few teachers, a few, few people that I consider teachers in my life. And by teacher, I mean someone that helps me open to new perspectives, someone that teaches me something new, someone that actually changed my perspective with the past um, beliefs of we're talking right now. And certainly you're one of them, perfectly, one, of, one of those persons that I really, uh, really grateful for. And I have always reason sideways with like that. Um, but how would you say, so talking about your 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 inner your inner child. How will you say when was a breaking point where you realize you were like, you know what? Like I need to go first to the past to that dig into that two or three I, I mean I will say like four or four or five because I can two three or no you really conscious of that you hate. But I'll, at any age that was that was when you started close within you were not happy with your life. But what was a breaking point or like what makes you turn back and say that, you know, there's such stuff to heal because it's actually not helpful the way I am. Like the way I'm going now or where, where I want to be or who I want to meet. You know, I think my whole life I experienced that. Um, but going deeper into my story, I'll, I'll share it. Um, um, when I was five years old, there was allegations that my father had sexually amused me. And so I have no memory in this but it came from my mom's side of the family. Um, and so going way forward, a thing that I really struggled with was the immaturity of my mother. When I had an adult brain and I could evaluate the situation as an adult, I still struggled with the immaturity of my mother. And I had thoughts about how she might be manipulative towards situations uh, to get the things that she wants. And so some of the thoughts that I had were how much credit can I give this story that my father was sexually abusive to me, which I have no memory of, you know, I was very young and it was a big fiasco. It went to court. Like it was a very serious situation. Uh, so there were lawyers involved and, and there was a ruling involved with me having to uh, only see him when there was supervision under his parents uh, for a minimum of two hours a week. So ever since I was five, um, all of this broke out. And so it was a very stressful time. I knew something was up. It was very uncomfortable. There were rules. I was only allowed to see my father in various similar situations. Um, but when I was 12, I would say I had like a mental breakdown um, as I just uncovered more of the story uh, is really what I, I started to struggle and, and I just wanted it on to the end. And that was when I stopped talking to my dad's side of the family. How great, how like, first, thank you for sharing this. Three quarter of all, I really appreciate. How did you or how this define 
Well, what was away from you in peace with them, you know, because you said, you know, that, the, you know, that was there, you yeah. know, you were having, you know, all of these stuff, like again, like yourself, and I'm not sure with you something about feeling with it, but how do you realize, hey, in order for me, like to, or how, how, how are you compassionate in a way yourself to forgive this treasure, forgive your, or if you're not a, forgive your, Again, when I when I talk about forgiveness, when it comes to healing jewelry, friends, and I discover this on a on a really, on a hard way, you don't always need to talk with that person, right? And you don't always need to know physically be with that person. So that you know, hey, hey, father, or in my case, hey, whichever, I forgive you. Because you did how did you? You know, I think it happens internally first, and then the internal meets the external, and it becomes easier with whoever you're talking to. But how did it happen? I would say first of all. When we talk about peace and compassion that I have now towards my father and my mother, I held, I held when I was young, I held a lot of hatred towards my mother as well um, for choosing this man, for putting me in this experience. She's dated a number of men that have been abusive to me in many ways. And so like when I was 12, she was, you know, with someone and recently, like three years ago, she was with someone. And, you know, it, it's like, I, I don't understand how you can see these patterns and how you can her us, it always seems deliberate, me and my brother, her, her son. Um, but I would say, and this is the, the, I don't want to say the sad truth, but it is the bill, is that peace, compassion, is just like success. It's a very long journey. When it does happen overnight, that it can take years to build up and maybe even seconds to destroy. But over a long period of time, you slowly, deliberately move yourself in that direction. And learning that the only one that you have to you is yourself, you know, like each compassionate love to yourself. I was, again, mentioning my, my therapist and I need to pay you now proud of this, all the content that I'm sharing about you, but she, she talks about that, like this, this thing about dogs, right? We have one little love, you know, the, those Russian, Russian dolls where you yeah. just open them and there's like, how like, like onions. Yeah. Because one of these Jewish kid with child of your past is pretty, your past of peace. At the big though, the one and that's great the language too. So he's the one that knows how to speak Japanese, right? At the big though, he's the one you use somewhere at your 27, 28 years as your adult. Uh, he's the one matrino of knowing all of all of whatever you've learned about healing your your like, you know, your healing journey, books, podcasts, everything that you've learned. But there's sometimes experiences that triggers you also what what she explains like suddenly that that like that like it's a kid of the adult, so the adult just like speaks. And the kid come out and it's like free or free or free and that's why you want certain situations. But what you need to learn, because you cannot shut down the kid because that kid and those past experiences are always going to be there in your life. They're always going to be there. As much as you heal with them, they're always going to be part of your life, right? So shutting, shutting down and kind of giving that kid love is being able to wake up through your healing journey through like being, being kind and passionate and say to the kid, hey, I know you're hurt. And it's certain situations. So I'll look like in my case, in some relationships, uh, some a really toxic behavior that I realized that I that I learned was I love attention because my parents never give attention. You know, they will always be the violence that I was actually receiving as attention from them. So anytime I needed attention from them, what would I do? I'll piece them off. I'll start an argument for them to hit on me, hit on me. So put that on a future present relationship with my ex. And that's why I always need reassurance, right? And that's what I, that I'm working on, like, giving it to me myself. But 
I will always start coughing. So it was the same. One day you're my partner, we were just watching TV at the NFL European Union. So you should know, just find a way to start arguing. And, you know, I just want to say, whenever you're feeling any emotion or whatever you're feeling an impulse to argue, I think a great question to ask yourself is, how would this serve me in my past? Right? So if you want to start an argument or you want to piss off your ex because you want attention, but how would this serve me in my past? Oh, well, when I was a kid, yeah, this is what got me attention. But that's not that's me, that's not me, that's my kid wanting the attention. So in this case, what I'm learning to is when I do it, it's out there and if I ever feel that way, if it takes, it takes a lot of these things. It still happens. And I've not even like gotten like people that are my boyfriend. We just like dating someone and just like, oh, I need attention. What do I do? You know, but like, just like, hey, I'm the only one giving my, I'm the only one that can give myself that love, that attention, that passion that I need and I'm creating from others. It's me. Because if I don't give it, if I don't give it, if I don't give that to myself, from myself, no one's going to give it to me. Yeah. Even when someone gives it to you, it's how you're interpreting what's going on. Yeah. Someone can give you love and you can still interpret it the wrong way. Or someone can give you hate and you can interpret it the wrong way. So at the end of the day, it is still your thoughts about what you're thinking about this situation. And I think that's important to acknowledge too, because some people use love to like validate themselves or use love to feel like they are good enough. But at the end of the day, it's your relationship with you. And even my relationship with you, it's my relationship of what I think of you, right? But it's still my relationship with myself. It's all about my own thoughts. So if you're giving me love, I decide if that's meaningful or not. It's kind of like if a stranger calls you on the phone and says, I'm never going to speak to you again and hangs up. You know, like you don't give that so much meaning. It's like, okay, bye. Yeah. But if I were to call you on the phone and I were to say that, like, whoa, that would be so like deeply impacting. It would really move you in, a, in an emotional way. You know, so it's all the meaning that we give it, but at the end of the day, it's still us, right? It's us giving ourselves that meaning. And it's it's important because that's how we can have the power to change, you know, um, what, we're, what we're giving meaning to. You know, this is a crazy story, but it's such a good story. We, I Actually, I wanted to talk about this because earlier you said, uh, earlier you said new perspectives. So just bring it in. All right, yes, this is the idea of perspectives. So I have a friend, Delica. I love her so much. And she's always worried that she's overstepping where she's bothering people. That's just a constant fear that goes in her mind. She's always checking, am I talking too much? Am I bugging you? She knows that's like constantly yeah. going on. And there was this beautiful thing that happened once that really showed this, where um, uh, I was in my apartment and Danica called me. She's like, hey, I'm outside. I'm, I'm about to walk past your place. I'm going to the park. And I have a choice. Do you want to smoke weed and go to the bed? And, and you can come outside. You can smoke weed. And we'll just hang out for five minutes and talk. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. And so I go outside and we're talking and we're smoking a little bit of weed. And and um, she goes, do you want to go for a walk in the park? I'm going to go like, we're gonna, I'm going to go for an hour. Do you want to go dig an hour at the park? And she picked up on my body posture. And I kind of moved myself around. And I probably had a face on. And I kind of adjusted myself. And I said, yeah. I'm down to go to the park. And she goes, well, obviously you don't want to. I would rather you just honor your feelings. And I like, I don't want you in the park if you don't want to go. And your body posture is telling me that you don't want to go be in the park with me. Samuel is also somewhere really honest. I mean, he's, he's the person who will tell us, you know, if he, like, that's something that I admire to you. Like, if you want, if you ask him something, he would just be like, hey, Samuel, do you want to do this? No. Yeah, I told you. No, I need to sleep. No, I want to do this. So, and it's really good though. Yeah, it's very matter of fact logical. It's just like, you know, there's no bad vibes. <laughs> so Danica's 
template is that she's always bugging from people. You know, she gets it from her parents. Her parents always felt like she was bothering her and that's something that she's carried on. And so her template is that I'm being bothered by her and I don't want to go into the park and I'm doing this for her, but it's not something that I want to do. What I had going on was I had just bought some really sexy underwear and I had just put it on right before she called me to ask if I want to go outside to smoke a joint. I was like, sure. I just walked inside with my pants on and my sexy underwear on and it was really uncomfortable. And so when she asked if I wanted to go to the park, I was like, yeah, I want to go to the park. But in my head, I'm like, do I need to go change? Because I don't know if I can walk around in this. Like I might get a rash. This just is so uncomfortable. <laughs> and so perspectives, you know, she made this story. Thank God she vocalized it because now I have this amazing story. It's an amazing lesson for her. But she made this template. She made this story. It's a completely false reality. All realities are false. Whatever's going on in our mind, it's not what's true. We don't really know the essence of what's going on, but she made this up. And I think it's a very powerful lesson for all of us. All of your life experience has given you data to think the thoughts that you're thinking, to think that you're bothering people, to think that whatever, you deserve what you deserve if it's bad, right? Um, but at the end of the day, maybe you didn't piss them off. Maybe they're just wearing sexy underwear that's uncomfortable. And so I tell myself that sometimes, you know, it's like sometimes I'll say hi to someone at the supermarket and maybe they had headphones in. I didn't notice. I thought they were adoring me. I was like, oh, she's wearing sexy underwear, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, knows what it is. Just have fun with it because really all that you have is your relationship with yourself, your emotions. And when you let your emotions get down, it's just loss. Why? There's no reason. It's not you and nothing's personal. Just your relationship with yourself is so important. So have fun with yourself. Tell yourself these stories. And who cares? You, I just want to say one more thing. You want to think the thought for the essence of what it gives you not for the logicness of it, because nothing's logical. You never really know what's going on. Your life experience, it's all such a bias. So think the thought for how it makes you feel. Then you'll go so much farther in life, really. And at the end, if you see it, we are like most of us, we're just little kids having relationships with everyone. You know, we, we, we kind of like, we are, the way we act, we are so influenced by the past experiences. Yeah. And another example, really quick with you actually it was a couple of weeks ago we just have like that I, something happened that i was really happy about it and i was just like thinking i was like thinking truth of the two like oh my god should i tell him on a coffee or should i tell him my phone or should i write him on text just because all of my past experiences with relationships with other friendships every time i try to communicate myself he just ended up on like oh my god you're too dramatic or you're this or you're this or and I'm, I'm a really communicative person, you know, like if I, you know, if I'm not happy with you, I'm not going to like, just say like, oh yeah, I'm so happy. I need to talk it through and then we can be okay. And that's probably part of the best experiences too. But I was so afraid of your, of your answer. And then like, I, I, I took we like, I think today, so I was right. I said it to you and then you, he, he answered me back, just like in this, like really acknowledging what I, what I communicate to you, but also like. Crazy really, for communicating yeah. it as well. Yeah. And that was like, that for my kid and for me, general, I was like, oh shit, you know, like this is, this is beautiful. And I, and I didn't feel so happy because I was like, oh my God, like all of my perspectives and thoughts that was going to happen because of my past experiences, you just shift them to a positive thing, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's really worth speaking about because it takes two staying out, but also like <laughs> celebrating myself and, and as a lesson, what a gift you could give to people to when they become vulnerable with you to not offer any judgment, to accept them completely, to thank them fully vulnerable. Whether they're right or wrong, it doesn't even matter. Someone's being vulnerable with you. You know, don't 
beat them down because that's a very precious moment for them. It's the best way for them to form new templates. It's such a gift that we can offer people. I've never used their vulnerability on your, like what you have all your, on your favor because I, I experience with people that sometimes you open and, and I think that's, that's part of like, I think my personality in general, I used to talk with people a bit easy and daily I just be trying to protect more of my energy. And I'm just like, I love having friends like you and other friends that I'm building right now, which like set up high standards for my friendships because you also need to protect your energy. Yeah, so coming back to it. So I, I just, I feel like I, I had experienced in the past where like I opened myself to people and I'm like, hey, because one of my past therapists, and I love with therapy, I always mention my therapist because I'm grateful with, with every single one of them because I feel like they're like also teachers and like they call me the perfect moment in my life. They teach me something. But then it's always good like whenever you don't feel comfortable, you just change and that's what I usually do. So one of them, they told me like, when you, it's, it's when you come to the top to someone and they say, if you really appreciate that person, your partner, per se, he's saying, instead of coming and saying like, you know what, like you like make me feel sad or angry because blah, blah, blah. You're, well, you're not speaking from your heart to your speaking to fear, which this could be another topic. And I know you love a topic about love and fear too. But what about if we, what I did was like change my narrative, right? How am I going to approach to that person from my past experiences? opening myself to it too, so they understand. So it looks something like, hey, look, I love you. Would you act in this way or this way? It makes me feel sad, make me feel angry, make me feel stressed because it reminds me of when my dad blah, 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 used to do this or when my mom blah, 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 used to do this. And I think that's a really beautiful way to communicate people. Your feeling is coming from a past experience, first mentioning like, hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to me. I'm opening to you. This, hey, the way you feel when you are like this makes you feel this way because this, you know, that because it's not justifying a behavior, not justifying that you are in a certain way, you just explaining it or giving them a background of what what past experience of yours triggered you and make you act the way you are acting right now. And the focus is more on you than that. Yeah. Like when you gave the first example, what we said was, you be da 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 But the first thing you said was you, right? And so like, when this happens, I feel this way. And then it's because it reminds me of, you know, it's so much more on me. It's sort of shedding more light on you. It's being vulnerable, um, like you said. And that is like the substance. That is the root for someone to get down and get to know you. That if they want to get to know you, then... They'll work with you in that area, in that almond, to make this something work good. With my, I last time I did this was banks and he was like, oh, okay, thank you." <laughs> and you know, like all, like all, all of the, he said he's featured in my life. Too. What he said, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> of course, thanks yeah. forever, Magner, which I love and I'm grateful to have him. I I told him recently that he was one of my biggest teachers because also. Would you would you open yourself a lot? Of, you're vulnerable with someone. You send yourself to expectations, and there could be someone that someone can react and come to you like, "Oh, thank you for opening. I love you. I really appreciate it." But there's someone that actually they are not connected with them because they're also afraid of. And there's a little kid that they're not used to people like opening or going that deep with them, which have the innocent projection or reflection of themselves. And it just be something on the surface because for that, some people it's easier to just survive. And I call it survive, but like you're unwilling to. You know, connect with your past self and being able to cop to a present because at the end, yeah, because at the end, 
connecting with your past allows you to to be on your present because now you understand the way you're actually the way your body works, right? you're way more aware of where we are now. And that's totally fine. That's I know he's gonna come the time when being where like he's gonna be need to look back, and that comes the time for everyone. Not just because you're listening to this podcast right now means you need to sit down twenty minutes after this trying to connect with yourself. If you're not there yet, but you still feel the way you're at now is great. Okay, go and go for it. But if you really want to dig a little bit deep into, hey, why am I acting like these relationships? Why do I prefer to like this? Or why am I, you know, it's, it's really worth it sitting a little bit and just going past. What do you think? Yeah, I think that everybody has stuff that they're doing that they know they kind of sort of shouldn't be doing. And um, I think that it's really important to take those moments. You don't have to do them off at all, really. To sit down and reflect, like, what am I doing that I should stop doing? What's what's not productive? What don't I actually want to repeat in my life? Um, but then the second thing is, what will naturally happen is you'll just have awareness. When it comes up, there'll be a moment where it's like you think different all of a sudden. And you can choose in that moment to go down the path that you always went down or take a little bit more focus and reprogram a different path that'll be a little bit more focused a little bit more challenging. It's a different way to say it, but it'll be a lot more worth it long term. It's like when I think about cleaning my house, every time I have that thought, I'm like, okay, I should clean my house. But you know, the previous me, especially teenager me, when I thought about cleaning my house, first of all, I didn't have thoughts so often, but I would, I would just like, not. I don't feel like that. You know, I'm not going to go into that field right now. Cleaning my house would be uncomfortable. That's not going to feel fun. I want to feel fun. I want to feel joy. I don't want to feel my emotions. I don't want to feel negativity about cleaning my house. But now it's like, oh, no, no, that's just who I am. It comes easy. I mean, you were all surprised. I feel so much peace for me. And like, there's an article of this, which I want to share uh, on the comments about how organizing and cleaning your policy is also part of your, like your inner self. You know, like, I have, I have OCD. I like, I, I have a day, I, I read about day. Usually I do Sundays, but I'm so obsessed on cleaning my house. And I also need a rest day. So I am learning through and living with my messy Sundays where I just want to chill out of the way stuff. Right. But then Mondays is where I clean my house. And I just like spend two hours, three hours, like cleaning every single like surface because I, you know, I have pets and like I assume my house too, where like my kids. <laughs> yeah. We have to clean like every single thing where like cats and dogs and stuff like that. But I find so much peace coming back to my house and everything is so clean. And I think that's the same when, like, perfect example, when you go back, clean, whatever is in your past. Yes. Right? Yeah, and I think it seeks to discipline. And discipline is a muscle that's developed over time. Just like going to the gym. Like, you go to the gym, maybe you can lift 20 pounds. And then eventually it's 25, then it's 30. And then, wow, how did I get to 75 pounds? I'm at 100, right? So it's over time. And then now that you're lifting hundreds, when you have to do something really small, there's no motion to it. Clean my house, no problem. That's 20 pound weight. I can do that five times, right? Yeah. No big deal. So it's this overtime, this, you know. But I think it's also kind of the theme would be new perspectives, bringing us back to new perspectives. When you are able to bring up those new perspectives consistently, that's when you can see the most change. So your perspective can be like, well, yeah, I could have a messy house or I'm going to feel so good when I come old later and it's glee. I'm going to be more productive. I'm going to be more likely to cook myself a dinner and then, uh, then order something if my house is clean because it just feels like, you know, it is not overwhelmed. I just, I flow with my kitchen. There's not a bunch of dishes. I don't have to clean the dishes before I cook, right? It like impacts you in so many ways. Um, then the same is true with my story, you know, shifting those new perspectives, thinking about my parents differently, 
and being able to translate that energy to be able to go through it and think about like, you know, what were they experiencing? Obviously they're not happy and maybe they did the best that they could, you know, like offering those good perspectives into my mind so that that becomes a dominant thought. And I level up my thoughts about them that create a healthier relationship and healthier boundaries too. So that sounds so cliche. What is actually so true? Like they did the best that they could with whatever they had. Like that was something I love that most of my therapists, you're going to think I'm crazy. Probably am <laughs> with all of my therapists, but I have, I had a, I have too many therapists before. I something that I noticed with a lot of people were like, Hey, understand your parents because you, I think they, they were doing the best they could with whatever they had to go on, right? My parents have been when they were really young. That doesn't justify them and what like things that they did. But if you start coming, starting from that point where like, hey, they were young, they were pissed, they had their past experiences, they were rejected, they were abused, they were violent, like the someone was violent with them, but that was a way they learned to to teach or like to be with other people, not with their kids. So usually these generational generations and now they have kids that's annoying too they have all this shit to deal with and now they have you <laughs> yeah absolutely really yeah but it, but it, it takes someone actually and that's like that's up um like that's a theory too like the like there's a linear healing and so one of the so one of all the tree or the family thing is to heal probably things that were like not even yours because when you go deeper into your healing we're appointing a little bit now you must start noticing things that probably you never experienced or probably you blocked well, those are part of your of your of your genetics of your family trauma that you're probably very 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 well lit, and you're probably still experiencing a little bit of things through the with the like a little bit of like, you know, like feelings through that or like you like a little bit of actions that actually affect you or trigger you or or, or things that you're like, hey, Shen, why am I afraid of this? Could only could also be from your past, 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 right? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you a story. Like it's like a fable. There is this family where the granddaughter was baking a, a turkey or a roast beef, let's say. And she cut off the ends of the roast beef and then she put it in the oven. And then um, somebody asked her, why do you do that? Why do you cut off the ends and put it in the oven? And she goes, I don't know. My mother always did it that way. So she went to her mother and she says, why do we cut off the ends of the roast beef? And she goes, I don't know. My mother always did it that way. And so they went to her mother and they go, why do we always, every time we make a roast beef, we cut off the two ends before we put it in the oven? And she goes, oh, you don't have to do that. You grew up like that because back on the family farm, we had a really small oven. The whole roast beef wouldn't fit it. But you just like carry this thing unconsciously. You know, it's like sometimes we follow these patterns in society where it's like we're doing this for the wrong reason. It's just because it's a habit and we could retire it. It's like easier to not do this, but we don't think about it like that. Yeah. New perspectives. New perspectives. Love that. Um, and these are just a couple of questions from uh, people and some of people from that are from one audience and people that I, that I told that we were going to talk about this today. So they have some of these questions, like big two, which I think we have, uh, we have some time to go through it. So first of all, what are some effective methods for, uh, healing past traumatic experiences? So what would you say, what would be like, if we could set up a method or maybe, yeah. okay, like kind of like four or five steps, what will be your steps? Yeah. So it's only a couple step method. Um, and I think that this is probably been one of the most impactful things I've ever done. Um, journaling is really powerful. And the way that I would suggest journaling is pick a, a rough topic for you and write everything that you can that's true. You can do it until your brain runs out of stuff. You could time yourself 15 minutes, just write absolutely everything that you can. And then take a break 
uh, maybe even take a day if you need, go on a walk, clear, clear your head and try to put yourself in the energy of you in 20 years, everything worked out perfect. Yep. Everything that you want. Let's not say 20 years. It sounds so long. <laughs> 10 years, five years, three years, everything. You're living your best life. No, no, no. It's, it's, you're living your best life. Put yourself in that energy now and then act as your own therapist or your own uh, uh, coach and reply to yourself. Give yourself these mean perspectives from that elevated spot. Kind of like what I said earlier, you know, I look at my past experiences and I'm so grateful. Like I said, I think I'm a teacher going through all of that. Listen to the way that I speak. I love myself so much. The love, like I really know love, even with my family. I love my mom and my dad. I can offer them so much love, you know, uh, which is so healing to them in so many ways as well. And all of that for me is from offering those in perspectives to myself constantly. How can I get this feeling a little bit better, right? So coaching yourself, just reprogramming yourself. They say that 95% of all the thoughts we think are, are thoughts that we thought yesterday or the day before. It's all been programmed. Evaluate that programming. If you don't like your life, do some reprogramming, right? If you don't like the thoughts that you're thinking, if you don't like your life, it's because of emotion basis. If you're experiencing emotions, those emotions are from the thoughts that you think. That's where emotions come from, primarily. It's the meaning that you give X, Y, Z. So you can do the work there. So write the truth and then reply to yourself with that elevated self when you're at the place where, you know, all seems well. Yeah. And I'll say also, like, I love what you say, act as your therapist, but I, it's also really important if you notice that you're not really, that you're feeling overwhelmed if you want to do this. There's always so many ways that you can ask help. I love, I'm a therapist, I'm a therapist kind of guy, which I, I really love having one person, which I can talk one hour per week or probably twice per week, depends on how do I feel. She so, like, just like let it out there. I just like, some of them, they, depending on the therapist, it's like whatever counselor or whatever you pick. They'll give you their perspectives or not, or they'll help you in different ways. But it's always good to see for the uh, a method that I will say when I try to go back to like that season first. As you said, for, for someone can be journaling, but you, for me, I found sometimes journaling a little bit challenging. So these were like sitting there, just called by my doubt, like just would take some like five full breaths and just like start thinking a little bit by my breath, like, hey, well, why am I shooting like this? So then, Something is linked and linked and linked and linked and linked. And it's always good to put on paper, you know, like I just talk it through or like sometimes I just like, I'm, I, I I love listening to music and it just like kind of like, I float my past experiences and it just like kind of like puts up like ambience through that further up. Um, and once you're aware, just feel it, you know, if, if you're anger, be angry, if you're sad, be sad. If you're happy, be happy. If you want to be grateful, but also be always responsible of if you're having a negative portion. And you want to talk about it with that or if you're suddenly you realize you're upset with your mom because of this. How is the best way to communicate? I think suddenly said with to communicate just from an anger, from like from your anger of you being upset by that person. Yeah. Just take a moment, be like, hey, is it this the right approach to to this person? Like with me, so many times I wanted to reach to my ex and I did. Because I'm a really impulsive person, right? So I will sometimes my tears were like, Oh, I, I hate you and I love you, but blah, blah, you're my teacher, but thank you. And like Passing all of my causes with him. Now, by way to approach him, he's like, you know what? I love you. You know, like, if he still really tells to me, he's like, not open ways. But I'm on my way where, like, hey, you don't want to be open and respect you. I am really grateful for what you teach me. And that's it. You know, so really find that reunited approach to evolve. And also be kind to yourself. Start, le start learning to give to yourself 
what others are wearing or peeing others or like what you were liked when you were a kid. Attention, people of attention, compassion, people of compassion. Would you feel, do you mean like you want, I don't know, in my case, something that is like looking for sex or looking for that connection, right? Hey, so doubt, like how can I, how can I give myself that connection? How can I be kind to myself? So I think that's really important too. Uh, and this is really important. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to left it out there. And this changing perspective, how can individuals support others who are healing from emotional wounds caused by past experiences? So how you support soul life? So let's say if it's me asking you as a friend, because let's say I can both to a therapist, say that, you know what, like I've been feeling really overwhelmed because I have this, 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 and I opened myself to you. That is this really important quality space called to was like, how would you, how could you be at, how would you talk, you know, on the boot? Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say is I was going to say creating the space for the person. But I think that sometimes, like, even as teachers, we want to, like, teach or want to offer stuff. But um, a lot of the times, some of the people aren't receptive, but they need to find their own path there. And so I think holding that space and maybe even offering certain questions that are very supportive, but allow them to dig deeper should they desire, uh, is what can bring them there. I feel like a lot of people, even at work, like I, I manage a team of nine people. And so sometimes they bring work stuff to me, sometimes they bring first stuff to me. Like we, that's the relationship I think I should have with them. Like whatever it is, whatever's bothering you, you know, come to me, talk about it. And so I think that um, my job, my pleasure that I get to experience is not teaching them what to do. It's just holding that space and then I get the enjoyment of watching them figure it out themselves. And then knowing that they're good because they did this. Right? And then they can go off and do it again. And so I think that it's just finding ways to hold the space. Like what you messaged me, and as you talked about earlier, of that message, and, you know, I like looked through that message and like, hey, what can I go over? Like, what are the key points here that I want to make sure that I bring them forth to this conversation? And how can I make him feel valid in feelings, emotions that he's feeling? And like, whether you're right or wrong, maybe what you said was wrong. But I still need to no no but you know right <laughs> so no you know skip me as I hold that space. What you want to do is you want to make sure that, that person can feel valid. You want to you want to like meet them where they're at, um, and that's and then let them transform themselves. But hold that space. Yeah 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 and, and we we we're in the holding space. You don't need you don't need you don't need to be like. There's, I don't, I think when you will scream for someone, you already to be like, all right, now I can't hold space. Like, you don't really need to talk, but you don't really need to, yeah. you know, to be, you need someone. No, yeah, you just need to be there and just like be there. That, that, that thing, just be there and listen, you know. Sometimes people don't even need your answers like really quick because I, I wouldn't start closing. A uh, couple like months ago, when I was going through my breakup, I was really sad. It was a year. Wasn't Kona by myself when I my ex decided like you broke up, you know, then I was like the world just fall down and you didn't move like oh like why you don't say is the my my inner kid was like some some way that I go and feed part with some way like I drink. Like I went as you to go and get drunk and just like you know smoke and just like easy way to forget about stuff. But then my adult was here. It's getting rid of the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. fat, like super like super fast. But then I decided to go to a yoga class. So I went to a yoga class. The yoga class was about Shiva, which is the abundance of transformation. I was going to say, that's really, really transforming the energy. Yeah. Transforming. But then the teacher was just like, who do you need to, he, he keeps saying like, who do you need to live well as your candidate go, uh, et cetera, et cetera. In other class, I just cried. She put like a mantra and I was just like crying myself. I was like crying, crying. 
I didn't know anyone in the studio. Like ten people just came and they really like called me up and just hope on me. No, the one said it. It was so powerful. It's not so much better than drinking, dude. Was and then this girl, which I will like, Kara. Joe from that whatever she's done, Kara's useless of shit. Uh, she actually was like, "Can I take you for a coffee?" So we went for a coffee. She was like, "Yeah, where, what's the mystery?" I was like, "What is that?" I kind of knew what it was. I'm just like, you know, as part of taking yogi blah blah. But like, I never expressed what it would be. She was just like, "Say, cry, whatever you see." Like, and I, I was like, "Do you know how things?" So I was like, "Yeah, when I just canceled it, be with you in a New Year's." I think she's one of the most important people I've met in my whole life. So when I would have other plans with New Year's to be with you at all space for you, or just be like, hey, to say your shit out, I will be here listening, just holding your hand, crying. I was going over the same thing and thing over and in, and she was just like, sleep. And that, that was so impactful in my healing. I actually so, so good. But that two hours after, I was just like, like for a little bit, because of course, feeling trouble come at all, but we feel it way better, right? So, that's that was powerful. That's really put up over the space. That we full spin. But man, and a lot of people don't include there. I think they want the next thing to say. And so when you provide that space where there's no comment, no judgment, then it allows the other person to transfer in that energy the most. I would love to to keep talking about this, but we are kind of running out of time now. <laughs> sure. Um, Thank you so much for, for sharing this. We all love you to have you for another episode. It was a beautiful, beautiful, loving uh, talk. It went through so, so good, actually, in the first one, too. We just got, we probably just have time for one question, Edge. So we have the wild cards, which okay. we do really fast. Yeah. So you want to start, you take one, and you will ask. Should should I take a three? Three yeah, stations, right? Two, three, two, yeah. This is a really bad one. I gotta think. <laughs> It was if you were in a band, so I, I feel like that's not. Okay, I guess it's a question for you. How would you describe eat to a stranger? I'll describe you as uh, I'll say always a loving, a big, a, a, a wise, loving person, which is really accepted, but also like tolerate. I found you really tolerate, and I feel you're like you can be a safe space for a lot of people, you know, and, and the teacher, I can all describe it to us, but the teachers as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be it. Thank you, Spikich. I laid up the first thing that you sent was Lamont, and that's always been my intention. Uh, like when I reconnect with family, my, my goal with have gone was I want to offer that, I, I want to be at a place before I connect them, that I know that I can offer them love no matter what the circumstance was previously. And so loving has always been what I aim for. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. You love me so much. You too. I'll take what truth to you as well. Dave. Do you believe everyone has a calling? If so, do you think I found my? Mm, I think that, yeah, it seems like you're finding yours. I think that, I think that, um, when you say our calling, I think that we constantly are being called towards something. And so maybe it's not going to be your end result, but I think that we're always being called towards something. And I say that just for the listeners that feel like they don't know, oh, this is what I'm going to be. So we're, you're, you're being called to something. It might, it's just the next step. It's the path of least resistance to give you the best life that you possibly can desire. And so I do feel like we're called to that next thing through our desire. It's what we want to experience. 
And I think that, um, you know, when I look at your life with so many of these, you know, gifts, it's like, what you lived all over so long and you're following your passion there. I think that it seems like you're always a different person. And I think that's why I gravitate you with it and follow your calling. Yeah. And I think that, you know, even just the way that you're creating this and the discipline that you're creating this with, I really admire as well. And so I think that this is definitely the calling that you're following. And I think it's going to be able to about it. It's going to be steady elements back tips as well. But um, yeah, you never know where it's going to to. So I do think that you're following your calling and I really admire you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to see what this was to what I'm so happy that I have out this with the table so that we just I love you we love you so much every day uh, yeah so we don't have time for another card but I would love to have you as a baguette as well as a baguette uh, thank you so much Samuel, for making your baguette for your opening your mouth for real vulnerable I enjoy all these really beautiful teachings about this beautiful information to me and to the audience uh, I really appreciate it Thank um, So I'll see you next Tuesday, friends. Uh, next Tuesday, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to have a, a special guest, Surya. We're going to talk about feedback. So how does positive and negative uh, feedback can uh, can help you master uh, conversation? Yes. <laughs> and yeah, please uh, follow up. Please visit our website. Follow social media, Collective Awareness. And then we have coming up really beautiful merchandise for Pride, which is really cool. I'll just be working on it. I hope you guys liked it. Uh, and also we have some merchandise for all. And every every time you buy with us, every uh, 30% of what you're paying is going to a mental health awareness organization, which you can read on the website. Uh, so I hope guys you like the insights. It's everything is true for my heart. Really mindful, we then intentionally I thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, listening to me at listening sample. Yeah, and if you want to check me out on social media, yeah. my social media is Samuel Creating. We all, we, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave Samuel's um, TikTok because he was having Instagram, right? I'm going to leave your TikTok on the comments just below on the notes. And if you want to follow him, he posts this beautiful and really great content about manifestation, about what we just talked today and other stuff. And hopefully we get to have him soon again. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.